If you have your Bibles, go ahead and get them out. But it's Mother's Day. Everybody say, Mama. Mama. One of the first words you ever learned to say was, Mama. The next word you learned to say was, Yes, Mama. <laughs> There's an old saying that the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. There's a reason for that saying. It speaks to the influence of a mother. So today I want to talk to you about mothers, and I want to talk to you about, I'm going, we're going to look in Scripture at some moms, and we're going to pull from there some of the things that those mothers did for their children. How many of you still have your mama with you? You know, I buried mine 10 years ago. And you, you never really realize, and I'm, I'm just telling you this from experience, sometimes you don't realize how important mama is to you until she's gone. And so let me encourage you today to call your mom, tell her you love her, wish her happy Mother's Day. If she's where you can go and see her, make sure to do that. <clears throat> Let's start with this. A mother looks out for their child. How many moms are in here? Hold your, hold your hand up just a second if you're a mom. Hold it up. Now, let me, let me ask you a question. Do you look out for your child? My mom had, my brother, my oldest brother came home one day from school and he had been beaten up. And mom looked at that and said, what happened to you, Daryl? And Daryl said, this kid hit him. He said, well, did you hit him back? He said, no, because dad told me not to be fighting, that if I was fighting, I was going to get a whipping. So mom took it upon herself the next morning to walk my older brother up to the bus stop. She walked him up there and she said, now, Daryl, which one of these boys whipped you? And he pointed him out and she said, okay, Daryl, whip him. And she stood there. I had a loving family. <laughs> and she stood there while my brother whipped that boy and made sure nobody else jumped in on that fight. But whether he won or lost, she was giving him the opportunity. And she, wanted, she was going to be there to protect him. You know, she got that from Sarah. You remember Sarah, Abraham's wife? Do you remember what happened when she finally had a baby? Everybody says she was 90. Now, I'm going to concede to you that if you waited till you're 90 years old to have a child, you're probably going to treat that child a little bit different than you would have if you'd had that baby around 20. But she's 90 years old. She has that child. And when she has the child, they, have, they, they weaned the child. Everybody say weaned. Now, what you have to understand about that culture is it's different than our culture today. And so a child was weaned. If you look at Chronicles, Chronicles lays out that a child was weaned at three years old. Now, some commentators have said that the child wouldn't have been weaned until five years old. So somewhere between th three and five years old, she weaned Isaac. Now, when they weaned a child... What they did is they threw a huge celebration to celebrate the fact that he's no longer a baby. 
There would be another celebration that would come later that, to celebrate that he was a man. But right now, there's a celebration celebrating that he's not a baby. So Isaac is three to five years old when they throw the celebration, which means that his brother Ishmael, you remember Ishmael, the one that Abraham had with Hagar, that means he had to be somewhere between 17 and 19 years old. And Sarah watches him mocking her baby. Now, let me put this in perspective because when you got, let me just ask mama something. If you saw a 17 to 19-year-old mocking your little three or five-year-old, what would you do? Yeah, that's what I thought. Nobody's saying a word because they don't want to go to jail. So what, what she does is she sees this and she goes to Abraham and she said, you, you send that boy and his mother away. Now this is pretty drastic because Sarah's the one that invited him to take Hagar as a wife and now she's making him send her away. Why? Because she's protecting Isaac. Everybody say she's in protection mode. Any of you mamas ever get in protection mode? She's in protection mode. A mother looks out for her child. A mother dedicates her child to God. How many of you moms in here dedicated your children to the Lord? We do it. We've, we've had mamas do it even after they were babies because they, they just learned about the importance of it and and. It's, you can dedicate your Matter of fact, we dedicate our children all the time, don't we? We're always bringing our children before God. And so Hannah has got no children at all. And watch what Hannah does. Hannah goes to God and Hannah says, God, I'm going to give you my son before God ever gave her the boy. She didn't wait for a child. She went to God and she said, God, if you'll give me a son, I'll give him back to you and he'll be yours all the days of his life. And that's exactly what she does. Mamas dedicate their children to the Lord. The other thing that mamas do is they entrust, their, they entrust God with their child's future. How many of you have ever prayed for your children's future? So they entrust God with their children's future. Look at Jochebed in Scripture. How many of you know who Jochebed was? See, I could tell you anything right now and you wouldn't know. <laughs> Jochebed is Moses' mother. She had this little boy and the law, the Egyptians were taking boys and throwing them in the river and drowning them because they were becoming fearful that Israel was multiplying and growing too strong. And Jochebed hid her little baby. I mean, you're not going to give your baby up to something like that unless there's something wrong with you. You're not just going to forfeit your child over to be drowned in a river. She hid that child. She risked her life for that child. But the boy was getting bigger, and she knew that I can't protect him any longer. 
I've got to entrust him to the hand of God. You have to understand as a mom, as much as you pray for your children, you, you love your kids, there comes a point in their life where you can't be all and do all anymore, and you've got to release them. You've got to entrust them into the hand of God. And so she committed him to that river, to the very thing that symbolized the destruction of her child, let me put it to you this way, we live in a world, but we're not of the world. So to the very thing that symbolized the destruction, she takes him down there, she puts him in the river, but she entrusted him to the hand of God to keep him. And look what God does. God delivers that child out of the river he ends up being raised by the Egyptians, gets the, a first-class education, and his mama gets paid to nurse him. How many of you felt like you should have got paid for that? <laughs> I mean, you know, I, that, that's pretty awesome, isn't it? God, God takes and, and just turns the table around and, 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 and blesses her. Why? Because she trusted God. Amen. You see, when you begin to trust God, God can do things in your life, but you've got to trust him. You've got to make that commitment to him for him to do it. Mothers believe in their child. How many of you below, mothers believe in your children? Hold your hand up. Every, all, your, all your kids are looking right now. Hold, hold your hand up. How many of you mothers believe in your children? How, how many of you like that song? How many of you still believed in your children after they washed your clothes in the dishwasher? How many of you believed after you woke up one morning and you found out they'd got up to cook breakfast and they'd boiled your eggs for a half hour? Did any of you ever make a mistake when you were a child? A bunch of little angels flying around in here today. We've all made mistakes, haven't we? The Scripture said all of a sudden it comes short of the glory of God. Isn't it something about when, let me just demonstrate for you when, about because a mother's love intensifies. I'm going to get that to, uh, uh, let, let me, I'll, I'll, I'll go there a little bit later. My wife's looking at me right now, so I'll, I'll, I'll wait till she's distracted. So what happens is a mother believes in her child. Look at Mary. Mary is at a wedding. They've run out of wine. She calls for her son, brings Jesus into the kitchen, and says, son, they don't have any wine. Jesus looks at her and says, woman? Now, don't say that to your mama. <laughs> but woman then, that, that was a term of endearment. We don't hear that like she heard it then. And he, he looked at her and said, what's that got to do with me? I, you know, I, I, I'm not supposed to get involved in this. How many of you have ever had your mama push you to do something you weren't ready to do? Anybody? You ever have your mom just bring you up, you know, especially like if you were... <laughs> And how many of you have ever had your mom bring you up in front of a crowd here? Here, come here, I want you to sing that song for him. 
in front of a strange crowd. Here, come up, come, come on up here. I want you to sing that song. Come on up here, quote that recitation. He did that so cute. Come up here, quote that recitation. Mom, listen, I was the baby in our family, and my mom never let me forget it. I mean, you know, being the baby of the family is fine when you're five years old, but when you turn 16 and she's still introducing you to everyone at the family reunion, and here's the baby of the family, especially when you had your eye on a girl someplace, and, and then it's all, oh, here's the baby. Mom, I'm not a baby. I'm a mom. <laughs> Mamas just do that. They, 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 there's something that that endears you to their heart and they believe in you and she brings him up and says we don't have any wine he said well look that's got nothing to do with me she doesn't even consult him again she doesn't try and talk him into anything she turns around and she looks at the servants in the kitchen and said whatever he tells you to do you do it and she turned around and walked out of the kitchen now Jesus is standing there with these servants looking at him, and you know what Jesus is going, that's my mama. <laughs> but she believed in him, and guess what happened? He did what she asked him to. Amen. Because when you demonstrate faith in a child, it causes the child to become what you believe they are, or who you believe they are. Amen? Amen. Now, you can clap if you want to. <laughs> now, what I want you to do, this is the last part I want you to get on a mother. Okay? Come on up, guys. done she got up and she switched our babies out I woke up the next morning and I knew that was not my child and she had switched them out and now she's trying to claim that that baby is hers and it's mine King that's not true yes that is it not is. true no it's that not is my baby no. stop guard lay the baby down Now divide the baby into two parts and give one to each mother. No, no, don't, don't, don't. She, she can have it. She can take him. Stop. This baby is yours. Thank you. Guard. Take her and punish her for her transgressions. No, no, it's not true. It's not true. It's not true. No, please, no. A mother, give them a hand. A mother will do anything to save 
her child. Anything to save her child. There was a story of a young man. He was, under, he, he was working on a car. The car fell on him. The mother ran out, grabbed the bumper of the car, and there was a, people standing there, and she said, pull my boy out, and she lifted the car off of him because she was so moved a mother's love will cause you to do anything to save your child. Amen. There was a baby, there, there was a boy in Florida that was at the mouth of the water and mama looked out and saw a gator grab her. I'm not making these stories up, these happen. They grabbed the gator and started pulling him into the water. She ran into the water after the gator grabbed him shoved took her took grabbed hold of that boy's legs and there was a tug of war going i'm sorry got the boy's arms and there was a tug of war going between that gator and that mama and she would not let go and a man saw what was going on over and he jabbed that gator in the eyes with a stick and it let go of her son they took that boy to the hospital. This was on News Network when I was preaching in Louisiana. They took the boy to the hospital, and they were interviewing the boy, and they were talking about the scars that you could see on his legs from where that gator had laid hold of him. And he looked at the newscaster, and he said, that's nothing. Look at these scars Mama put on my arm trying to save my life. Mama refuses to let go of her children. A mother will do whatever it takes to save her child. In that passage, the, the, the scripture in 1 Kings 3 and 26, it said, Then the woman who was the real mother of the living child and who loved him very much cried out, Oh, no, my Lord, give her the child. Please do not kill him. But the other woman said, All right, he will be neither yours nor mine. Divide him between us. The mother that was willing for the child to die would have never been able to love her own child the way she should have. I want to say it again. The mother that was willing for the child to die would never have been able to love her own child the way she should have. Why do you say that? Let me just ask you mamas, what happens when you see a baby? Not, not your baby, just what happens when you see a baby. Would you bring him up here just a second? Bring him up. Turn around. Can you see? See everybody? <laughs> now, as soon as she brought him up, come here a minute, babe. It's... it's See, she doesn't know you even exist right now. I'm just telling you, this is what happens. Mamas are drawn to babies. It doesn't even have to be their own. There's just something intuitive about a mother's love that's drawn to a baby. When she walked this baby up here, I heard, I heard women all across this building going, oh. I didn't hear one guy go, oh. <laughs> Give them a hand. What would you thank you? 
We were at, we were in, we were in St. Louis uh, a few days ago, and we went to the Missouri Botanical Garden, and as we were coming out, Debbie gets on FaceTime with our daughter, and she's babysitting our uh, newborn. And, and, and so she's not even looking where she's going. She's, she's on the phone, the cell phone. She goes, oh, is that his baby? God is my witness, man. We're walking down the sidewalk, and she's, and I'm thinking, man, people are looking at her going, what's up with this lady? I'm thinking, I'm taking her to the clinic right now. Mamas just don't care. They love. There's, some, there's a capacity that they have in them to love that God put in them. God placed it there. Now, let me share this with you because that's what a mother's love is. In Titus, Paul instructs Titus to tell the older women to teach the younger women how to love their husbands and how to love their children. So you can teach a mama how to love, but you can only teach it if you're a mother that has loved. Amen. Are you with me? Just because you give birth to a child doesn't make you a mama. You're biologically a mama, but there's a whole lot more to being a mama than bringing a baby into this world. I was, I, I, I was researching this, and I, I looked, at, and it was, there, there was a, they just did a clip. I don't know when it was, but the, 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 on how many know Dr. Phil? I didn't watch the program, but I watched a clip of it. Dr. Phil had this mama on that had a 14-year-old daughter allowing her to have sex with whoever she wanted to, supplying her with drugs and alcohol, and she didn't think there was anything wrong with it. And Dr. Phil looked at her and said, do you not get this? She gave him some snide look, and he said, is this funny to you? He said, well, in just about five minutes, it's going to quit being funny because you're either going to change or DSW is going to take that child away from you right here right now and he had the officer on the show with him what is it oh she took me to a DSW I'm sorry man I was on a roll honey and you just blew it DFS is that right Huh? DCFS. We got too many initials floating around here, folks. I'm not going to be pastor anymore. I'm just going to be RM, all right? <laughs> so anyway, the, the officer's right there. And he's saying, do, do you not understand what you're doing to this child? Thank God for a mama that knows how to love. For a mama that cares, don't ever take it for granted. Because at your house, things may be wonderful and mama may love you and you think that's the way it is everywhere. But that's not true. And so God has gifted you with a unique capacity 
to love. Now let me talk to you about the man that's instructing Titus to teach this. His name is Paul. Later, Paul writes in, in, in his writing in Thessalonians, this is first Th I can't talk today. This is First Thessalonians 2, 7 and 8. Listen to what Paul says. Listen to what the language he uses to describe the love that he had for the believers in Thessalonica. He says, but we were gentle among you, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children, so affectionately longing for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives, because you had become dear to us. Every mama that God's touched their heart and given them the capacity to love knows what I'm saying right now, that you would in a heartbeat give up your life to save the life of your child. You didn't get that on your own. Do you understand? Jesus made a statement. He said, your mother and brother are, are without. He said, who is my mother and brothers? He said, but those that do the will of God. He said, they're the same as my mother, my brother, my Sisters, what's he saying? He's saying there's a relationship that exists with him that surpasses any type of relationship you can know in the flesh. But all the ability that you have been given to love came from heaven, came from God. And so that gift that he gave you, you're to impart to others. Paul said, we loved you like a mother that cherishes her child that she's nursing. That's the type of love that we had for you. That's unique because when you study Paul, you find out that, that Paul's mother is never mentioned in Scripture. It's, it, it's not there. You, you don't see it because he never speaks of her. But we do know later in life that Paul experienced a mother's love because he mentions her. It's found in the book of Romans 16 and 13. It's, uh, this is Paul speaking, and he says, Greet Rufus, whom the Lord picked out to be his very own, and also his dear mother, who has been a mother to me. Amen. This is the apostle Paul the guy that wrote nearly two-thirds of the New Testament. And he was so impacted by a mother's love that he mentions her in a letter. He doesn't just say, greet Rufus, but he mentions his mom. He says, and, and here's his, his dear mother who was a mother to me. What's he saying? He's saying, she shared something with me that I needed. Something that maybe he hadn't received in his own relationship with his mother. It just strikes me odd that nowhere do you see him speaking of his own mom, but he mentions this mom specifically. And he 
tells that she's been a mother to me. You see, God gave you the gift of motherhood, but this is a great thing about mom. There's plenty of love to go around. How many of you know that? Plenty of love to, to go around. It's a gift that God has given you as a mother to help shape the world of not just your child, but those children that God has entrusted to you. How many of you ever have some neighborhood kids come over? How many of you have ever loved on someone? And you know what I'm talking about, that you, you cared for someone and, 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 and they were just drawn to you. I remember we used to have kids come to our house and kids would come to our house, and they would leave, and they'd tell the, their friends, they'd say, man, we love going to your house because there's so much peace there. They would, the, 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 the friends that would come over, my wife would hug those girls, and, and they would melt in her arms. Why? Because it's something that they were longing for and weren't receiving something that they needed and didn't get. What I'm telling you today is this. Your kids may be grown and away from home. That doesn't mean you've stopped being a mama. You're going to be a mama as long as there's breath in your body. And you need to use that gift that God's given you to help shape someone's world because the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. What, what are they saying? They're saying that the mo that mother that has so much influence on a child's life that can mold and shape and help direct it. Did any of you ever have a... Let me just put this. Thomas Edison was considered an imbecile. How many of you know who I'm talking about, Thomas Edison? They threw him out of school. They, 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 the teacher sent him home and said he doesn't have the capacity to learn. So let me just ask this. How would that make you feel? If you got sent home and the teacher sent a note with you saying he just, he, he doesn't have the capacity to learn. You know what his mama did? His mama said, what do they know about raising a genius? His mama didn't let that get to her at all. And what she did is she said, Tom, you, you, you're, you, you, you're just so much more intelligent. They don't know how to train you. They don't know how to instruct you. They don't know how to deal with you. And so she created an environment for him to learn. And in that environment, he gave us light, gave us a phonograph, gave us so many things. Why? Because a mama believed in him. Everybody say, I believe. Now, let me just give you a side note here, and we're going to pray in just a second. But I thought about this, this Rufus, and I thought about his mom, and I thought there's got to be something unique about them that Paul would single her out and say that, that she's been a mom to me. And as I started searching this, what I discovered is that this Rufus is believed to be the son of the man that they constrained to carry the cross of Christ. 
In the book of Mark 15 and 21, it said, Then they compelled a certain man named Simon, a Cyrenian, the father of Alexander and Rufus, as he was coming out of the country and passing by to bear his cross. Commentators, many scholars believe that this same Rufus is the Rufus of this man's son. Now, I just wanted to say this to you. You can't come in close proximity to the cross and it not have an impact on your life. Not only apparently did it change Simon's life, but it changed the lives of his children. So maybe that's why Rufus's mother was able to love Paul like nobody else could. You remember Paul, don't you? He was a rat. I mean, he was having people thrown in prison. He was having them put to death. And he was a religious zealot doing this. He had animosity toward Christians. And all of a sudden, when they start to take him to the disciples, the disciples don't want anything to do with him. It's Barnabas that drew him close and brought them to the disciples. But later in life, there's a woman that understands something about love that so impacted that disciple that he began to refer to her as his own mom, that he, she loved me like a mother. So how about it? Are we ready to let God use our mamas? Would you stand with me right now? This is what you've got to understand, that there are kids all around you right now, children that are around you that don't know what it's like to have a mom believe in them that never heard the words I'm so proud of you that never heard them say you know God's going to do amazing things in your life never had them cheer them on I grew up next door to a boy that was my age, and we were best buddies. We were like brothers for so long. And I remember looking across the yard and seeing the difference between what was going on at their house and our house. I remember on different occasions hearing his mother scream, Run, Gregory, run because his dad was in a drunken stupor and he was after his boy and would hit him if he caught him would hit him with his fists no child ought to have to come up in that environment but children are resilient so they made it through they pressed through they survived but they never understood about love I've had people in their 70s come up to me and talk to me about being a disappointment to their parents, and they still felt it. It stayed with them all those years, and their parents had been gone for so long. 
What I'm saying is this to you. We celebrate Mother's Day as we rightly should. But I hope you understand that what God has gifted you with is more than just the ability to mother your own children. There's one mom that we see that mothered a, an apostle. That mothered what many scholars call the greatest disciple that ever lived. And yet he needed to feel a mother's love. So this is what I'm going to ask us to do today. I'm going to ask all the moms, if you would, to come to the front of this building. Would you do that right now? Just come very quickly to the front of this building. You ever get a gift and want to show it off? You know what I mean? I mean, like, how many of you ever, how many of you have ever gotten a new car and didn't want anybody to see it? Recently, Kathy, there she is right there. Kathy just got a new truck and they, they, she pulled up and I looked at that truck. I thought, man, whose truck is that? And then I remembered she said she got a new truck. I had just got inside the church and she said, you want to see my truck? I said, yeah, let's go. It's a beautiful truck. It's, and she was proud of it. Because when you've got something special, you want the world to know. That's why I've never understood folk well. Sometimes when we give our lives to God, we think we're supposed to be secret agents. Don't let anybody know. I prayed, but I don't want anybody to know I prayed. No, you, you need to share that because it's so special, it's so unique, and, and it's so great, and so we want to tell everyone. Let's scoot on up here. I'm not going to bite. There's a big gap here. Scoot on in as close as you can, I promise. Come on in. Come on in. I want you to look at this. I want you to take a moment and look at how many moms we have in this congregation. I think we need to give God a hand clap of praise for that. Wow. I'm going to be careful what I say about moms from here on out. <laughs> this is what I want the rest of the congregation to do. I want you to come and stand in behind them. If, if your mom's up here, just kind of scoot in and get close to them. If you don't have a mother up here, just stand behind a mom. Would you do that? I'm going to give you a moment to do that right now. Just move in quick. And this is, this is what I want us to do. I want us to celebrate our moms. And I want our moms to celebrate motherhood. And what I mean by that is I want you to celebrate the gift that you've been given for being a mom. You know, you, you never knew how much this lady loved you until you had one of your own. And then when you have one of your own and you feel that and, and that wells up in your heart and, and you begin to think, oh my goodness, I, and, and we got a brand new one here. 
Ashley just had a baby and, and, and it, it, it didn't come easy, did it? <laughs> if you could trade the pain that you went through and not hold the child, would you do that? Not a chance. Why? Because the pain we go through, you go through, is worth one moment of holding that little one that's looking up at you and saying, you are my world. I can't make it without you. So what kind of world will you give that baby? Will you give him a world that's filled with love? Will you give them a world that's filled with hope? Will you give them a world that's filled with Christ? Or will you say, well, just do what you want to do. Just run wild and run free. I can tell you from the aspect of a father when our son was growing up, and I looked at him one day and I said, I'm not here to be your friend. <laughs> Don't misunderstand, I want to be. But that's not my primary goal in life. My primary goal is to make sure that you're equipped for life. And no one loves like mama loves. Just hang with me for just a moment. I'd get to this. When we had our children, they cracked a nut in the kitchen and that shell went all over the floor. Debbie would go, don't do that. Don't crack it over the trap. Don't, don't scatter that. But there's something about motherhood that intensifies. So when you become a grandmother, our grandkids were sitting on, one of our grandchildren were sitting on a counter, cracking nuts, man. Shells were going all over. And I said, don't do that, buddy. You're going to get shells all over the place. And she said, oh, leave him alone. He's fine. <laughs> I looked at her, and she said, what? And all of our kids looked. I said, you would have never. And she said, oh, that. And all the kids said, no, Mom, you would have never. <laughs> What happens is, see, once you've held your own and you, 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 when, you, when you raise them, there's so many fears sometimes that you have and, and you're trying to get everything right, you know, and you've read all these books about people telling you how to be a mother that have never been a mother in their life. And so it's easy to get confused and it's easy to make mistakes. How many of you ever made a mistake as a mom? Anybody? ever make a mistake as a mom but by the time they get grown and you've got all this experience and now your children have children and they come along and so there's no pressure on you you get to send the kid home so you're you're I'm just telling you the truth your primary focus is loving that baby and they know it they know it and as you love that and there's nobody that can love you the way grandma can love you and so 
you continue being a mom. But you say, what about, well, I, I don't, all my kids are grown and away from home, or my kids are gone. You're still a mom. And all you've got to do is look around you, and you'll see people that need the love of a mother. So this is what I'm asking you to do today. I want all of you that are behind them to just stretch your hands toward them. And moms, would you just raise your hands up to heaven? And as we do this, I'm going to ask Debbie to come right now. And I want her to pray a blessing over all these mamas. Would you do it right now? Father, we just thank you for thank your you. love above all, Jesus. You are the one who gives us the capacity to love. And God, we ask right now, Jesus, that you love through us. I thank you, Lord, that you are strengthening thank you, our moms today, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That you will show them that this day, how important they are, the role that they play, Jesus, is the greatest call on this earth, Jesus, as a woman, as a mother. We thank you for it. God, I ask right now that you just feel them so full of your peace. In Jesus' name, just receive it right now. Receive his love all across this room. Receive his love. He loves you so much. He's proud of you. He talks to you. He said, you'll seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. He said, I will be found of you, says the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want to talk to you moms that maybe your children are away from God. I want to give a scripture. I want to speak it over you and you hang on to it. Jeremiah 31, 16 and 17 says, even the captives, or no, he says, thus says the Lord, refrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from tears for your work, mother, shall be rewarded. And he said, they'll come back from the land of the enemy and there is hope in your future that your children shall come back to their own border. Amen. He said, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away and the prey, P-R-E-Y, of the terrible shall be delivered. He said, I will contend with him who contends with you, speaking of the devil. He said, I'll contend with him. And then he said, and I will save your children. Amen. Amen. Come on, you mothers. You get a hold of that. Fathers, listen. You uphold your, your wives. God has blessed you. And he's going to use you not only for your own children, but all those even that you come in contact with that are watching you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your blessing upon our lives, God. We receive your love right now. Just will you say that, Lord, I receive your love in Jesus' name. Amen. So, moms, this is what I want you to do today. I want you to enjoy your day. Let your kids wait on you. Let your husband take you to dinner or cook dinner. If he's cooking, it may be a TV dinner. But enjoy your day, and this is what I want you to do. I want you to understand that you're not just special in our eyes. You're special in the eyes of God. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, before he left this world, he looked down at his mother, and he said, Behold your son. He wasn't talking about, Look at me. He was talking about John that was standing there. And then he looked at John and he said, Behold your mother. Jesus made sure that his mama was going to be taken care of. 
And John took her home that day and cared for her the rest of her life. God cares about you. So we don't just love him, but we're going to show the world his love through a mama's hug. Amen. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. God bless you today for being here. You are the Lord. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're blessed going out and coming in. God is ordering your steps in Jesus' name. God bless you today.